Surfing's great humor drought began in 1968 and lasted about eight years. Blame drugs, blame soul surfing, blame shortboards, blame pipeline. First thing we did after getting a good long look inside the tube was decide our fine little sun-kissed sport was heavy. Heavy enough anyway to crush the fun. So thank God for seven-time USSC finalist and surf world court jester Mike Purpose. We may debate his merits as an international caliber surfer, not a great stylist in Matt's view, but had a mile-wide progressive streak. We may freely mock certain fashion choices he made, Kate and Trunks laced up high and tight over his full suit. That look ain't coming back. But let the record show that Mike Purpose did more than anybody to keep humor alive in surfing's age of Nixon. Pose for Playgirl wearing nothing but a thick strand of puka shells, a Burt Reynolds mustache, and a schoolboy grin. Post-shortboard heaviness was a near-death experience for surfing's sense of humor. Mike Purpose, with his Catons and his Raquel Welsh obsession and his ridiculous leather hat, paddle-shocked us back to life. Did we thank him? We gave him a pie in the face. I'll take that as a yes. From the Encyclopedia of Surfing, I'm Tyler Brewer in Brooklyn. I'm Jamie Brewer in London. This is the Sunday Joint, where we roll up Matt Warshaw's weekly newsletter for a deep inhale of surfing's past, present, and future. <laughs> On this episode... Both Jamie and I tackle the legacy and the life and times of the original MP, Mike Purpose. This blonde-haired, mustachioed South Bay legend established himself as one of the sport's most colorful characters in the late 60s and early 70s. We try to see past the puka shell necklace, floppy-brimmed leather hat, and wang-hanging spread in Playgirl magazine to examine how MP laid a foundation, and helped set a template for future professional surfers. And, of course, Jamie and I go head-to-head with another round of Stump My Bro. All this and more on the Sunday Joint. Hey, 
Hello. How's your pie, Jim? It was. I was. I was all prepared to say something. You completely threw me off with your song and dance there. I like. You know. I like to. You know. Come in a little asymmetrical and throw you off every once in a while. Yeah. I think we could work with it. Like. You know. Like. It's. I think you just need like a voice coach or a singing coach to kind of. <laughs> teach you how to breathe properly and then yeah i think it could have a little something yeah Wait, I, I, th- was, I thought yeah. about that i th- i've been thinking about a voiceover career i've been looking into it there's a thing <laughs> that's it you know that could that could be what maybe my uh, christmas gift to you this year is <laughs> i'm still working on yours i'm i'm having trouble with it <laughs> it's only a three year few years old hey uh, one thing you mentioned there a minute ago uh yeah that which I I I, I want to challenge something. Challenge, <laughs> challenge. Now you you know quoting uh, Matt's writing, yeah, about how Mike purposes wearing the board shorts over the wetsuit thing kind of died out. It's not Kalani true. Rob it? brought it back in the late nineties. Yeah, with, it, yeah, with airtight wetsuits. Robbie Ma, Robbie Avocado totally. Maybe I remember. Be- in St. Augustine, guys were doing that, and I would totally take the piss out of them. Yeah, yeah, it was a thing, wasn't it, for a little while <laughs> in the late '90s? Well, it was. That was, you know, that, and that is what's interesting about Mike Purpose. I think is that there's this common thread uh, amongst, you know, he was like almost proto pro surfer in some ways, and I find that um, there's a common thread there. So, I mean that. There, we can get into it, but but we do have some business and first to handle on this show. You know that, James? Oh God, is this is this you uh, getting called out again? No, no. First, oh. it's the, first, we're we'll <laughs> oh, yes, to real that. business, real real business. business. We have here, you know, this is the uh, Encyclopedia of Surfing fundraiser we're at the tail end of right now, um, and. I wouldn't be a good NPR WNYC fan if we didn't do a little fundraiser here and discuss how our listeners should be supporting the EOS. So I wrote a whole spiel out on this, but basically, you know, EOS this year, do you know this, Jamie? Added over 500 subscribers. There are now almost 2,500 of us out there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Bills are getting paid at the EOS, apparently. But I, I'm surprised it's that small. It's so. freaking ridiculous, you know. And not only that, Matt has two other 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 people that he has to support with this. You know, he's um, he's got you know his lead guitarist Mark uh, Aguas. I'm, I'm totally screwing up his last name. <laughs> um, and then he's got on drums Brad, Brad Barrett, who does sound like a drumist. Doesn't it? Like, totally sounds like a drummer. Um, Brad Barrett is like, you know, last week when we Sid were... Sid Barrett's uh, cousin? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although he did... Brad Barrett did, did go down different routes in his life with um, different types of uh, you know experiences and everything, from what I've read. But like, you know, when, on our last episode, when we were talking about who we thought were the Mount Rushmore figures of surfing in the 70s, like... Yeah. Brad Barrett would have been, you know, definitely one of the Mount Rushmore figures of, you know, in surf journalism and, and stuff, you know, being, you know, with surfer during the golden era 
and everything. I mean, that's it's pretty cool that he's he's part of this now. I you know it's here's the thing. Matt's only taking home around twenty five grand a year on this. It's insane. It's a shame. I I personally I feel like surfing as does surfing even deserve such a wonderful custodian as Matt? Mm. You know, I I mean. For, it's ridiculous that we have like a you know multi-million dollar surf industry it's not supporting him uh there's tons of people and like surfer magazine is gone right now so who's keeping the archives who's keeping everything straight who's keeping the history straight uh who's keeping you know the corporations from whitewashing history matt warshaw is and we have a lot to thank here and so for our listeners uh three dollars a month or thirty dollars a year for a subscription is dude i just spent that money on grubhub come on like for one dinner you can have ramen you can have ramen for one night and you can pay for your yearly subscription to the eos so well yeah and i mean i've been like hemming and hawing like i've so i've wanted to get you know a subscription to the economist for ages but i can't justify 20 quid a month but three three pounds three bucks a month is actually like two pounds a month it's yeah, it's, it's like the, the exchange rate works in your favor yeah it's, chump it's a change. couple quid <laughs> it's a couple quid night a month you know uh and and i mean shit man like it's so little to do to do and it's there's so much awesomeness on there i mean i uh i made a nice little post on instagram where i was just literally thumbing through saw tom curran on the black beauty board went through again and saw this gold of Curran's air in 1987, which I had totally forgotten about. And it was like one of the coolest, sickest little airs because it was almost like a, you know, a kind of a foam climb to air and super stylish and smooth. I, I, that's the gold you find on there all the time. And it's just so much fun. So um, for our listeners, uh, if you'd like to join the EOS subscribership and be a member, uh, this is a, you know, by the way, you know, it's a hundred percent of the profits go to a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit, totally worth it. I'm probably screwing this up. Matt's probably just like pulling his hair out listening to this, but all you got to do is go to eos.surf, click in the top right corner of the homepage, scroll down to the subscribe and donate button. Now, Matt is so modest. He tries to hide it at the bottom there in these small little type, but it's there, trust me, and you can go and you can subscribe or 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 you could go and give it as a gift for someone. It's a wonderful stocking stuffer for holidays. And I think there's a lot. I'm sure there's a surfer in your life out there. that would love to turn them on to surf history or there's some kook that, you know, or a student of yours that would benefit from the US. Why not join and subscribe? Right. And get them a gift. Thirty bucks. I'm going to buy some, I'm going to buy it actually for some of my, uh, my students, by the way. And of course, don't forget the weekly newsletter of the Sunday joint, which is the greatest thing ever. Um, and so that's, that's our little pitch. JV, do you, do you, I'm sorry. I took this over. Oh no, that's all right. I was just, I was hoping you'd talk longer so I could sneak out and get my wallet and just uh, put a well, little, another donation in. Oh, well, you're really, you're really you. getting me there. <laughs> <laughs> and now, um, hmm. so for our listeners, again, go to eos.surf and click, click subscribe or donate and help Matt out. He deserves a raise. He's been working his butt off and writing some beautiful Sunday joints lately. So 
and it keeps us going. So hopefully we're not screwing it up for him and turning you all away. <laughs> that gives us something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But before we get even more started, I have one more. I have a, have a new segment I'm introducing to the Sunday Joint podcast here. It, I'm calling it Penance Corner. Lord, have mercy on us. And this is uh, basically, I, I think, Ira Opper, who gave me the name for this. We were having a phone conversation. He told me to call it this. I thought it was great. So this is where listeners help to set the record straight and call us out if we might have missed, forgot, or plain wrong about something we said on the show. Wait, wait. Well, so you just said this, we, this is going to be a regular occurrence? Well, it depends on if people write us and, and want to call us out. It doesn't have to be. If, if we're getting it right, it won't be regular. <laughs> if I'm screwing up, which I most likely screwing up, we'll be getting it on the regular. Um, so uh, we got basically, uh, you know, look, we're not infallible. We're not perfect. We're, you know, we're just two surf nerds who enjoy diving in. Uh, so if you do find that we have said something that was inaccurate or misrepresented, or you feel that you want to add some more context or color or meat to the bone of the story, you can just DM us on, uh, the Sunday at the Sunday joint on Instagram or, you can write David Lee Scales on the Surf Splendor podcast uh, website, and you can also write us there. Um, so yeah, this one, that's, that's the, yeah, we are not fake news. We are willing we, to be challenged. I we encourage it. We want to learn, and so we got a really awesome letter. Uh, this is coming from uh, Rainbow in New Zealand, and it's referring to our last episode on Terry Fitzgerald. Uh, Rainbow took issue with our comments that. One, no one from Hot Buttered ever won a world championship. And on the claim that Fitzy discovered and pioneered certain surf spots, particularly in Tahiti. So I'm going to read real quickly Rainbow's comments because it's all about the listener engagement here. But Rainbow really made a good point. Uh, if my computer can work here for a second. There we go. All right. So Rainbow wrote. There is it. In the, the statement that Terry Fitz uncovered many of Tahitian surf breaks requires a little unpacking. In my view, this falls into fatuous allegory that surf discovery is only performed by pro surfers and that is that it is legitimized by exposing in film or elaborating by printed publication. The truth is actually paddling far from this rotting fish. In the videos Jamie watched, I think he was referring to me, actually, Tyler, but we'll just let it leave it. Yeah, that's at good, though. This is the time to set records straight. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie watched. He might have been, might have seen the presence of Patrice Jubentine or Juju, uh, surfed alongside other Tahitian legend Arsene Herho. Terry Fitz would not have surfed any of the locations had not been for the help of Juju, who, whilst being from the mother France, he never felt he had become a local Tahitian, searched out waves in outer society islands. Patrice was the first to manufacture surfboards in Tahiti. He was the president of many years of surfing Tahiti. He was a team manager and mentor to Vitea Poto David, taking and guiding him to his competitive wins in France at the ISA World Champs. Uh, no, 
The competitive wins in France and at the ISA World Champs in Newquay, England. Yes, where he beat Kelly Slater in 1988 final. Side note, Kelly never gained an ISA World Championship being beaten again by another Tahitian in Najima, Japan in 1990 before turning pro, Trippier. I'm going to add into that context about uh, almost, almost 40 years later to the day uh, later, yeah, almost it's 39 years, uh, not 39, 29 years, sorry, 30 years today, sorry, 29 years today. Slater got fifth in Japan at the ISA World Championships last year, also, fun fact. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, before turning pro, it's because of uh, Terry Fitz and Juju's relationship that Poto went, went to Narabeen and the HB fold. Secondly, Ian Ratso Buchanan became the 2012 World Grand Masters champion in Brazil. Ian shaped, in, shaped for Hot Buttered Factory for many years and held the Hot Butter license in New Zealand for a while when he came back to New Zealand. Ian is currently a WSL priority judge. And I did some digging on this guy. Uh, Ratso, he sounds really interesting, hung with Aki and Gary Green in the early days of the ASP, five-time New Zealand national champion, and had a decent go at the ASP. Plus, he beat Rabbit in the Masters comp. So, Hot Butter did produce some world champions, Vitea David in the World Junior, and um, Ratso in the Grand Masters. So, technically, yes. I think we were referencing more ASP world championships, maybe, uh, potentially. But, I don't know. So, that was my penance. I'm sorry. It was great to add add some meat to this, though. It was really fun. And mm -hmm. definitely with the discovery, I find interesting. So there, penance. You feel I better. You, I feel better. I feel better. <laughs> I, I just going to have to do a couple 12, 20 Hail Marys after the show and um, maybe light like some some sort of like uh, offerings like they do in Bali. Um, but James. Yes. Who, let's get into our main topic here. Who was Mike Purpose? I have a whole thing written out if you want me to read to give people that. <laughs> I did, like, I, I've just, be, like, before, before you read much recently on yeah. him, like, just over the years, was there any, like, thing that if, if someone said Mike Purpose to you, what kind of, like, bits jumped out at you? Uh, five summer stories where he talks about, you know, wanting to get like the really fancy swank car, the Rolls Royce or whatever. And, mm. um, you know, the damn leather hat and, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it was definitely from the cameos, uh, that I'd seen in the movies and probably had not gone as deep. Although I did meet him, uh, quite a few years ago, uh, at, uh, Dukes in, um, Malibu actually, and he, he, he was such a nice guy, really sweet, actually. And so it was quite, quite cool. When you but met I, him there, what was the like situation? Did you, were you supposed to meet him or did you just see him? Or what I just saw him, I was at like a surf event and uh, he was there and I met like, there's this young guy who was kind of like managing him of sorts or was like his most enthusiastic supporter and uh, he was just talking about like how he knows him and how rad he is. And I got to meet him and it was really cool. I was like, shit. And he's like, ah, I'm going surfing every day. I'm surfing, you know, talking about that. And 
Um, I didn't have a long conversation with him, but he was, he was very gracious and, and seemed pretty nice. But for our listeners, I want to set context here. I'm going to give a quick brief overview because we kind of screw this up every episode and we oh, just go dive into it and people are like, wait, <laughs> who? who are we talking about? So um, let's bring you up to speed to quote uh, Todd Harris or Todd Harris from uh, ESPN on the uh, a- during the ASP videos, uh, Hot Summer Nights, he was like, bring you up to speed. And then you have that guitar riff. No. <laughs> Did, that's Throw me a lifeline here, people. Anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> flamboyant regular foot surfer from Hermosa Beach, California, seven-time finalist in the United States Surfing Championships and the West Coast's most progressive and entertaining surfer of the 1970s. Purpose was born 1948 in Santa Monica, California, raised in Hermosa Beach, and began surfing at the age of 10. He placed fourth in the juniors division of the 1965 U.S. Championships, Moving up to the men's division, he finished sixth in 1967, fifth in 68, third in 69, and 70, and six in 72, and 75. In 1975 event, he won both the kneeboarding and longboarding divisions, and Purpose also won the small wave event in 1970 Peru International, placed second in the 1971 Makaha International and competed in the World Surfing Championships in 78, 70, and 72. I'm out of breath. That was just the brief little thing. And now, <laughs> why don't we introduce our, uh, our historian and uh, you know godfather here, Mr. Matt Warshaw, to help us add some more context and shoot the shit. Matt, welcome to the show again. How's your pie? That's the buzz phrase. How's your pod? Did you make that up, Tyler? No, I got it from an Aussie surf movie uh, called How's Your Pie. Can we edit it? Oh, how's your, but can can we just change it that you did make, you you made up How's Your Pod? Pie, pie, pie. How's your pod? We can do How's Your Pod. So we just made that up right now. How's your pod? How's your pod, mate? Yeah, podding pretty good. (laughs) The evolution of an idiom. (laughs) Or an idiot, (laughs) like me. So you opened the... The episode with uh, the Rod Stewart song. Yes, yes, we did. If I you was... if you like my body and you think I'm sexy, do you think I'm sexy, Matt? The um, <laughs> that it, he's the it's the perfect song for this episode because Rod Stewart, like Mike Purpose, in his glory, was ridiculous and really good at the same time. Right? I don't know. You guys are too young to really remember Rod Stewart before he became completely ridiculous. Yeah. He, but you know, in the '60s, when he was with this band called The Faces, which was Ron Wood and Ronnie Lane and some other guys, he was just this white man blues shouter. Like he yeah. was so good. And then he split from The Faces and had his, this solo career with The Faces sort of behind him. And you know, he made God Rod Stewart made six or eight incredible albums. Some of which yeah. were more like. Then, then he kind of went sort of more commercial, but. He was so good and also so ridiculous because I don't know if you've ever seen video of Rod back in his yeah. day, you know, tank tops and the fluffy hair. And he would just always sort of shaking his ass. And, and then he, well, he got big into the, um, Rod Stewart got big into like wearing, I think, Lycra and leopard yeah. print. Man, full like. Uh, hair band style like, almost. Yeah, you know, like, like, like Housewives of New Jersey, you know, but, <laughs> but at the same time in the early part, 
man, the, if you can, if you can get that out of your head and listen to the music, it was so good. And, you know, purpose, we get all caught up and we are all the three of us are about to get all caught up in the funny stuff. But I was listening to your intro a little bit ago when we were saying we can debate how good of a surfer he was. And we actually shouldn't debate how good of a surfer he was. He was really good. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal. So I have to go in and edit that now that I heard you, I heard you read back that to me. And I was just thinking that that's not fair because Mike was just a really good surfer. And um, I was stoked. I grew up in the, or part of, part of my childhood was spent in the South Bay, you know, living, I was in Manhattan beach and he was in Hermosa, which is sort of the same thing. The original surf city, some would say. Nobody would say that, but. Uh, he did in an interview I watched for a uh, no, whole South Bay Historical Society thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mike says a lot of shit. He's, he's, we'll, get to, we'll get to that too. But he, I have this image, you know, I moved from Venice to Manhattan Beach when I was 14. And part of, part of me was super stoked because there were no famous surfers in, in Santa Monica and Venice at that point. And, and that I was going to be you. I was moving to, I was moving to the place where Mike Purpose was from, and like you know, and Drew Harrison, all these other great surfers. But I was out at Marine Street one morning, my first summer in South Bay, and I caught this wave. You guys, I mean, it's Manhattan Beach is not a, you know, it's not a very, it's a, I mean, it's not a great spot. It's a shitty beach break that now and then, and it was summer and it was junky, and I caught a little wave that did a double up, and I checked a turn, did it, turn. I pulled up, I was tiny. I was at 14, I hadn't even hit puberty yet. I think I was like, I was, I don't even think I was five feet tall. I grew a foot in high school. Checked my turn, tucked my little tiny skinny frame and, and got a cover up. And I came out and who's paddling out, you know, 15 yards away, but Mike Purpose, you know, in full regalia, the, the whole thing. And I, I, you know, my eyes went big and he looked over me at me and, and he and he said, I'll never forget it. He said, "I, uh, you did that just right." Oh and wow, it, that's, that's, that's amazing! amazing. And, you know, and, and I, 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 you know, that was forty-five years ago, and I can still hear it in my head. Right? He, he was, he was always really nice. He always really encouraging to, you know, to young surfers that way. So it was a big thrill to live next to someone who was, you know, international quality, uh, international quality surfer, and also just a lot of like fun to sort of look at and watch and, and be around. Um, and real quick, I'll tell the second story, which took place about a year later. A year later, I was like three inches tall, or maybe it was two years later. And the local spot that we would go to when it got huge was Redondo Breakwater, which again is another, you know, it's another, another place that isn't a very good wave, but it held, it would hold a big, it would hold a big swell kind of, it would create like a wedge, like, like the Newport wedge, but further out, and it would be a wedge to close out every way. So what you would, you would go way, sit way outside, sort of catch it where it bounced and then ride it as it just funneled into a closeout. And it was, you know, it was fun. Um, but I was terrified. It was 10 foot or something. And I never liked really riding big waves, but I, I went out, caught a small one, kicked out, I'm paddling back out. And sure enough, here comes this huge set. And I'm paddling, paddling, paddling. And I'm not going to make it. And I hear from behind me, 10 or 20 yards, hey, hey, hey. And fail. <laughs> I didn't look, you know, and no, I just threw my board out. And, and I nearly took my purpose out of this world. 
Like, <laughs> so his leash broke. Oh no! Mine, and mine didn't. You know, so I'm, I'm holding my board up and I just hear him going, you fucker, you little shit. Look what you did. My board went all the way in. God damn it. And he's just looking at me and he kind of recognizes me from, you know, whenever I, I was kind of becoming a little bit of a sort of a known hot kid. And uh, Mike Purpose wrote uh, a column for the local paper, uh, the easy reader, it was called a surf column. And from then until as far as I know, this year, he's never mentioned my name without saying how I bailed my board at Breakwater and nearly killed him. So it's like, what, what Mike remembers me for is not that I wrote a surf history book or that I used to work at Surfer. I'm the punk kid at 16 who bailed in front of him at Breakwater and caused him to lose his board. And, um, you know, and he was just he was just screaming. And I wanted to just dig a hole in the water and never come out because I had I had. You know, I offended and nearly killed the the local hero. So is, anyway, those are is, my, my purpose stories. Is is that why he looks so grumpy standing behind you in the body glove? Yeah, uh, I want to no, hear no, about this story. So can we give some context to the listener? Matt has a body glove ad that he was no. in. No, it's not, no, it's not, well, you can go ahead and say say I, I just sent you the picture, right? Yeah, yeah. No context, right? No context. You know, just saying. So, you sent us a picture of a body look like a body glove photo shoot. And my color picture. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm got it right here, you know? Well, we'll, yeah, we'll post it later. It's a great, yeah. it's a great shot. The reason that that's a great shot is that it's, it was taken by a really famous rock and roll photographer named Norman Seif in a studio in LA. And that was a double page spread in Esquire. Wow. Yeah. And it looks like a body glove act because we're all wearing body, body glove stuff, right? And I think that was like, um, I think that was probably photographed in 81 or two. And I'll never forget that morning because um, I had been out the night before really till really late. And um, I don't know, you know, whatever I'd been up to, we all got to the studio and I just went I, and I, I was, I, I hold, I used to be able to hold my liquor really well. I could sort of get through anything, but we arrived at this place and maybe I was nervous or something. And anyway, I just spent the first half hour at that studio in the bathroom, just, throwing up everything, you know, endless. And uh, so if you look at that picture, I'm looking, I'm actually pretty, I'm kind of sweaty. Oh, I thought that they did that for a fact. They just, they might, they might've sprayed us as well, but I was, you know, I was just feeling awful for that. And by the way, that's also Dennis Jarvis in the picture who, oh, no um, way. Spider boards. Yeah. And the really handsome guy with, with the, with his chest showing is a guy named Dave Forrest, um, who was Dennis's roommate. Um, but Dennis, and myself and Mike were kind of like in that point, we're kind of like three sort of known South Bay surfers. And then, I don't know, they, I think they just put Dave Forrest in there cause he was, you know, he's so handsome and everything. But uh, that was a really funny article written all about um, uh, uh, Jesus and surfing, like how surfing had become uh, taken over by kind of a, like uh, that's kind of uh, born again thing. Dennis was really into that. Mike certainly wasn't, and Dave and I weren't. But it was a, it was a really it's a really strange article. And someday I'll post it on my website. Oh my god, I mean, you have to! It, <laughs> but if you other, look at Mike in that picture, that's when he was kind of he's getting a little paunchier, you know. Gravity is, was not, but he wasn't kind. But, but what's crazy. interesting though is like looking at that picture, he still looks like of the 80s a little bit you know like he looks like he could be contemporary and and that was what i wanted to go back to before like when you talk about we remember a lot of the garish 
aspects of Mike Purpose and the and the funny aspects. And but we we're talking about how great a surfer he was, but also like how rare is it for somebody to be of the longboard era in the '60s yeah. and completely transition to a shortboard technique? Like, yep, I think about I, that all the time. That was so hard for a lot of guys. I, mean, I I would rather watch him surf than David Nueva for sure. I mean, of of, not, of not his contemporaries that made the crossover, Corky Carroll, Nueva, I feel like actually Mike surfed the best of. He made the transition the best of all three, in my opinion. He he did, but he got to remember he was a couple of years younger. So Corky and nobody surfed a longboard better than David, but David yeah. got a lot of credit as a shortboarder that I don't because he his let you know it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to explain, you know, the the the, the cult of David Nueva. I mean, all of us were members because he was so good looking and he was so quiet and he was really sort of this Jimi Hendrix figure. So he went over to the shortboards and he got psychedelic. And he again, I don't think anybody in the sport has looked better. But if you go actually watch how he, he surfed when the boards got short, it, you know, whereas Purpose was a good longboarder nowhere not even close to david's level but when the boards got short mike just kept getting better you know i i was surprised at how much power mike oh yeah he he could have marketed himself as a power surfer even and i think he should be remembered actually as more of a not just uh the flamboyance but his power surfing and innovation i mean yep. he's doing at huge end section rios at, at yeah, like yeah. off the wall and then under the hook snaps at yeah. pipe like his that one wave that you have on the us so i was searching around and i found that one where him and jerry lopez oh, ride yeah. together that fucking bottom turn is ridiculous so 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 I'll, I'll describe this clip really quick it's uh purpose burns lopez at pipeline and lopez does exactly what you'd expect he sort of drops down all casual and does the sort of upright bottom turn and kind of pulls into the pocket purpose in front does the weirdest thing and you've, you'll never see any other turn like this. He gets to the bottom of the wave and he doesn't put it on rail. He just sort of leans back yeah. and he puts his hand in the water and he kind of doesn't, it's like an out, like an outrigger, like he does an outrigger turn. And it's a strange turn. And I'll tell you why he turned like that. Um, this was a period and this was sort of probably in 75 or six where Mike got really into using tiny fins. So it's all single fins, right? Yeah. He's probably riding a board with a three or four inch fin <laughs> at pipeline. So he couldn't turn really. He had to do, he had to figure out a way how to turn without putting, if he would have put his board on rail, he would have spun out all the way to the beach, you know? Yeah. So, you know, what you were just saying, Tyler, like, like how uh, sort of creative he was. It, it was like, you know, we, we didn't know that that was maybe not this. It seemed like, you know, why not try this? Let's just go out and try riding a board without a, with a small fin. And what Mike was doing in California at that period, he was really into doing 360s before anybody yeah. else was. And in the video I made, you know, he would, he had those things on lock when no yeah. one else was doing those things. He could do 360 cutbacks. He could do, and again, he's, his power suffered a little bit, but he thought, I'm going to go to Hawaii with this little fin concept and see how it goes. And he could do it at pipeline, you know. I mean, it was it was a weird detour, but I, I admired him for 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 trying it, you know. And, and his sunset surfing too, by the way, oh, highly underrated. Like I oh, was, good. yeah. I was like, oh my god, the positioning, 
the way he read read the read the waves his bottom turns were strong he was yeah i so i i wrote down like his you know his style reminds me of trip freeman from florida oh yeah well, very stiff back yeah kind of short legs kind of similar similar style in some ways yeah i think corky carroll used to say that purpose uh surf like he had a broomstick handle up his ass which corky said it in a, in a really in a loving way corky knows, but that was yeah. you know, purpose did he had this straight back and he wasn't a pretty he wasn't a pretty surfer but uh yeah he wasn't was, ugly though i i would don't i wouldn't say he was ugly well what it was it was just purely functional he didn't i, I don't think mike himself cared like you know everything you see with lopez for the fingertips to the mustache everything with lopez was had to be perfect, like a like a like a Balinese dancer, right? And Mike was really more like a wrestler. He just wanted to get the job done, and he did. He, and so I think there is kind of a beauty in that. I mean, you know, Italo's a little bit like that. You know, you mm. just you just do the have the style for the thing that you want to do. Um, well, that's another thing I wanted to ask when you're talking about like being cool. Like, you know, I read. Uh, you know, from you and I think Drew Campion mentioned it as well in um, an article a long time ago where you said, you know, it, it was a picture of Mike Purpose and Bud Brown at, at the 1975, like a Duke contest or something. And he said that both of them kind of shared shared this feeling of feeling a bit out of place and everything. And 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 in um, one of the interviews with Mike Purpose, he says that, you know, people, oh, they ridicule me and say I don't have soul. So, like, was he really unpopular in the seventies, or yeah, was he this actually? Is, this is a this is a really really interesting. This is to me the most interesting thing about Mike. And I've I can't remember if I'm going to get these. I can't get these numbers exactly right. But I wrote it down somewhere that it was like he was sort of uh, three years behind his time and four years ahead of his time. Like, if he would have been uh, three years older, he would have killed it in that last end longboard thing because he was he was still really young when the boards changed in 68 he was probably i don't know, maybe 17 or 18 or something but if he had been a famous longboarder for you know two or three years this is because surfing got surfing in california you know where mike was just owned california for a while surfing went through such a bleak grim period in the 70s early and mid 70s right and that's when Mike was at his peak. Um, so when Mike couldn't help himself, he was just a peacock. You know, he always was, and he was really proud. He even at the grimmest, lo most local, dark, just clearboard black wetsuit. Mike was always the opposite of that, and he took so much shit. You know, but again, if he'd been that that flamboyant three years earlier in the longboard period, he would have been great. And if he and if he and if he'd been uh, born four years later he would have been he would have been you know three times bigger than joey baran ever was and all those kind of first generation california pros you know mike mike was a great surfer and he you know he would have he would have been the the, the darling of california surfing instead of the pariah of california surfing because at some mm. point like around 76 or 5 we all wanted to catch up to the aussies and the aussies were all colorful the way mike had been five years prior, you know, so poor Mike at that point was kind of at the end of his run. Um, so if he'd been, you know, again, he was just born, it was just bad luck. He was sort of born 
three, you know, three or four years too early or three or four years too late. Take your pick. Um, he got stuck in this California thing where we were all too cool to, to want to know about anybody who wanted to put themselves out there like that. So I remember being in movie theaters, you know, and Mike would come on screen. Caton's over his wetsuit, uh, big hat. And he, he used to wear these cool, like these really cool, uh, I don't remember the name of them, these kind of sunglasses that were like all the skiers wore. Ice skis. Um, huh? Ice skis? I don't know. They're plastic. With the leather around it? No, 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 not those. A-frames. Oh, no, not it. Surf movies, people would literally start booing them, you know? So him, it was, it was Corky Carroll got the same treatment, too, because Corky was a little bit like Mike. Corky and Mike both were the funny guys. Yeah. But he would they, he'd just start getting booed, you know, for 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 being funny, for daring to be funny and, to, and for putting two colors on his board and stuff. And so... Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to ask you. Actually, it's really good that you're here. <laughs> Although it's so weird. I know, like, I was looking at the map before. I was showing Bonnie, my daughter, where you guys are. And it's like, there's oceans got... and mountains and yeah. deserts. and <laughs> But uh... <laughs> uh, I should get used to this by now. Um, like, you and everybody describes 70s California as being really, you know, grumpy and reclusive. I think you wrote once that while the Australians, South Africans, Hawaiians were getting on and playing together, the Californians grumpily stomped up to their bedroom or something yeah. like that. Now, like, was California like that or just California surfers? Like, if you left the coast and hung out with normal civilians, was no, everybody just, like that? Just, just the surfers. The and the and the and the thing the thing was is that 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 soul surfing thing hit i got i took some shit i got to do a penance in fact for uh <laughs> when i said that thing when it and what you read earlier tyler about blame soul surfing right so somebody somebody thought what i meant by that is that i was only about the contest and i never meant that what i meant was all the bullshit that soul surfing came the soul surfing sort of brought on which was like, uh, hey man, it's all it's all heavy and it's all about you know surfing is a, you know is a is a, a, phil a philosophy and a lifestyle and uh, and I know that all kind of there's this whole thing where it uh, it just went it just went dark you know and it was supposed to be it got it just went heavy and it just lost its fun and. Um, Shit, where was I going? What were we just talking about? Why? Oh, well, the, the, the first question, the, but just, just to jog your memory, was was California right. like that or okay. just surfers in California? And so, and so what happened was that we all thought California seemed like it had, it had destroyed surfing by making it too commercial because of Gidget and the Beach Boys and all the dumb movies, which I now love. But like, you know, and, and the whole surf industry came sort of came out of California. And so it was like Californians were all kind of like down on themselves because they felt like we had to, we had to like now return it. We had to burn it down and take it back down to just surfing. And so anything, anybody that was doing anything that was commercial was seen as kind of a trader. That wasn't California. That was just California surfers, you know? Mm -hmm. So no, I don't, you know, I think, I think the seventies, I think there was a, it was, I can't remember. Uh, when was the, uh, when was when the seventies? <laughs> no, I'm trying to think like when was the, uh, <laughs> Like when was the uh i can't remember the 90s actually <laughs> <laughs> when was like there was a super big and i guess that was a little bit later you know early and mid 70s politically was a little bit strange but california was still sunny and fun and it was that was just a surf thing 
Okay, yeah, because essentially I've never, I've always wondered about that. No, yeah. I, I feel like going back a little bit to what you were saying, him being born a little too early or too late, he had the bronze Aussie stees before the bronze Aussies, basically. Like, exactly. I think he would have fit in with the whole busting down the door free ride generation. Absolutely. You know, and, and would have been put, like front lines of the pro pushing the pro tour and his surfing. I think if he were just a little younger, could have kept pace with with them, too. Definitely. Yeah, he wasn't, you know, I mean, he made the finals of uh, or semifinals of the 68 world titles. Um, he surfed really well in the 71, 70 world titles, but didn't quite get there. I mean, he was he was on pace with all those guys, definitely, and and was a good competitor too. He, you know, and for all that he was, uh, he came off he, he the the whole thing that he sort of put out there with drinking a lot and partying a lot and all that was was a was a uh, a front. He was a really really hardcore run on the beach um, athlete, and he treated it that way, you know. He was a tremendous pussy hound. Like he, he never. That, that's a different, like, but he didn't drink. And was was he popular with the girls? Like, it's... did he ever? Did he ever get with Raquel? Did he ever get a moment with her? Do you know of? Um, no, but he was on uh, this show called The Dating the date. Game three times. Right? I don't know if he was on. Yeah. So I, I don't. I think he may have won. He did. He got a free um, chaperone trip too, out of it, I believe. Chaperone. <laughs> he was. He, he, you wouldn't. I mean, you would know it. You would if you look at the pictures in EOS. He, you know, he was a, he was a studly little, muscly. He was a muscly guy. You know, he, yeah. And the opposite of Lopez was tall and thin and and really ropey. And and Mike was thick. You know, he had big shoulders and. Um, and he was good looking. You know, as I say, he, he got older and it's like, it's almost like, a, I'm going to get to the happy ending of his story in a second, but as he got older, he just kind of, it seemed like he was living on a planet that had like four uh, earth level gravities. He just kept getting like smaller and wider <laughs> and his face kind of went like, kind of like, what are those kind of dogs where they get all wrinkled? Sharpain. Huh? Sharpay, Sharpay, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, Sharpay. so he, he kind of lost it. He kind of lost the um, the sexy for a while. Um, but no, in his in his time, he was this blonde haired and he had a great he, he could he could talk to anybody. He was, you know, he had a great line of patter. And um, I was also just thinking when we were setting this up, like about how different it was to be the guy like the man in california surfing in the early 70s versus now it's like whoever the guy is now maybe it's kolohe i guess but you know kolohe and dino i think i mean he lives in some palatial place in san Clemente, yeah. right so yeah this the smallness of what it meant to be the best pro in california in 74 like when i met mike so it, and I, this is another thing i love about him because and him and all those pros is that just the level of hustle and like that just how much how much you had to make your own stuff happen so mike found like this i don't know what i'd call him i guess he was sort of a groupie he was a doctor 10 or 20 years older who had a, a shack like this funky old beachfront shack in hermosa and mike just got to live there like rent free and that was just this party house like there was this rundown place doc was always in the background just kind of looking on i wish that was a little creepy but you know he, he seemed harmless and Mark, Mike had this, Mike always had like groupies around him, 
Mayo were you were you there? Were you there? I was I was on the sort of fringe of that because he had this team. He had this killer surf team: Mike Benavides, Chris Barella, Terry Stevens, and a couple of other guys. The best surfers in South Bay were all hanging out with Mike. They were all riding the same board. She was wearing the same Bailey wetsuits and everything. And it was, a lot of it, you know, on the, on the beach part of it, would all take place in this big front yard of this crappy, rundown wooden house that Doc owned. That was who Doc was just apparently cool having you know, 12 surfers just hanging out and their girlfriends and stuff. And yeah, you know, it was just endless in and out, in and out surfers all day. And then, you know, uh, to, to hear Mike tell it, I don't think he lies about it. And just, you know, uh, young girls all night, you know, it was, that was, he was, he was uh, so even though he wasn't considered cool in the media per se, he still had a lot of fun and a lot of friends and absolutely yeah no so when i when i say he wasn't cool it still doesn't mean that it like you couldn't have found one in a hundred people in california to say a word against david nueva yeah. and you could have found maybe half of the californians to, to talk shit about perp so you still have a lot of people who thought he was great and he was you know and again and he was and unlike david nueva who was always really kind of um he was above everybody. He didn't dare. He didn't, you know, he didn't talk to, no one talked to David in a way, but he was, he, he played up that whole. That, that photo group. of him, that photo of David in a way with like, you know, where he has like the cape or the yeah. towel. It looks like a kid, like he look, looks like he's James Brown handing off like a musical instrument, but he's holding his board and there's like some young grommet just trying to almost his, grab it. Yeah. That yeah, shot was, is just no, total Nueva at his peak. No, Mike would talk to you. Mike, Mike would talk to you and and open up and tell you what you did right or wrong in the last heat. He would say, you know, he would say he would tell you, you know, if you your, your first trip to Hawaii, this is what you can expect. And he was great about. It. He was really easy to talk with. Um, I, he has not gotten the the dues I think he deserves. Um, you know, and you know, I would say he's a prototype for a lot of modern professional surfers. You know, he's had he's you know, tact when, when, when people, someone goes this way, he tacks the other way. Right. Uh, and like, right. I was thinking about what a couple of things. One is, you know, there was no surfer poll in the early seventies. Do you think right. he would, do you, where do you think he would have rated in the surfer poll? Do you think he would have made the top 10 at all? He would have made the, he would, would have been down at the bottom of the top 10, I think in, in 72, three and four. Um, Cause every now and then, you know, you couldn't deny even people who were not big fans there were these pictures, you know, that you'd see now and then. Uh, I, I ran one in, in uh, I think, in the joint, like that black and white cutback. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's hard. It's, it's pure really line. Hard. You know, the, the problem I have with in the, with the website all the time is that when I try to explain like why this cutback was so important in '75 or something, you know, unless I can show you what what a what a pro level cutback looked like by most of those guys back then, you don't realize like how far ahead of everybody else Mike was. And not only was it the turn, but like you said, Tyler, eight. he was the only guy who could go, go up and bounce off literally the, you know, and so the guy that did it sort of after him was Sean, the guy that I next saw do it was Sean Thompson. But you know, when Sean Thompson did it, Mike had been doing it for two or three years, you know, and I think Sean himself is, has said somewhere on record, the purpose sort of was the inspiration for that cutback. So, uh, well, who's also the inspiration for Kelly Slater's uh, drink, Perps, as well? That's not <laughs> I think 
Bad joke and bad drink. Hey, I got to rub it. I want to say one more thing yeah. about Mike, because this is like this one part that I lo love. Uh, he had a lot of decades that were kind of sad. He, he drank a lot. And I, and I think he, you know, he, he was a bartender and then he couldn't move much. His, both his hips started going bad, you know, Ugh. and he gained a lot of weight. And he was just this guy. He kind of, to some degree, he still is this guy where, you know, what he likes to do now is, is, still just regale you with stories from you know the past he's still the guy that'll he'll he'll bend your like before it was kind of if you're if you're it's 1976 and he's telling you all the stories it's great but if it's 2020 and the stories are still mostly about 76 you know so he's, he's got a little bit of that old uh 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 high school quarterback thing about him you know yeah. but i guess you know whatever that's fine but i think he was you know living with his mom for a long time or something or or he just he just wasn't he just wasn't sort of living as large as you would have hoped for, you know. Uh, but How? then uh, he he cleaned up. Had and a I hip replacement five years ago, What's that? Four or five years ago, some some he's he's never left South Bay, and you know some rich uh, surgeon or something. I, I don't know how how it went. I don't think Mike had health insurance, but someone just paid to buy him two new hips, right? Yeah. And for a while, Mike still he could barely walk. He could, you know, even after you get those hips, it takes a long time. And apparently, like five years ago, he just started seeing how far down the these stairs at Torrance he could walk, and he'd come back up. You know, and every day he'd go a couple more steps further. And you know where I'm going with this. You know, jump yeah. ahead five years, he can jog to the beach with his new hips. He's got surfs a great. A, he surfs so well now, right? And he lost a bunch of weight. He still got all his hair, the motherfucker, you know, and, but, and, you know, so he, he, he's back out there. He's out there like every day. And, but I tell you what, I read this article about how after the surgery, he saw the bone spurs that he had, they had a huge bone spur on his hip. And then he had nightmares about the bone spur unscrewing the cap and crawling back to him and reattaching to his hip. Uh, you know, right after the surgery, that, yeah. like now I'm like having these visions of bone spurs in my hip and freaking me out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyway, Mike's Mike's living his, you know, his best uh, senior life right now. And I, it, it was, you know, growing, being able to sort of, and again, I was on the periphery of all that, but like, I always had a big appreciation, not just for his surfing, but that he had a, he had a, he had a real style and, uh, you, have you guys seen the clip that I have on the site where he does take a pie in the face, literally? Yes, like, yes. The, the guy, That's his, like, cool sense of humor, right? Yeah. yeah or or it, was yeah. he not expecting that? <laughs> no, he was expecting that. You know, yeah. I've said this before. It's, it's funny. He wasn't a funny person. Like, when you're talking to him, he wasn't really a funny guy. But I think he had such an in intuition for how to be a big personality that he could kind of recognize humor. And so if you watch that clip where he gets the pie in the face, what he's doing is he's just bragging about himself. He's playing himself. He's basically playing himself in this clip. He's, he's in saying, on the joke. Huh? He's in on the joke. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he, and he takes that pie in the face and it's just like that, that I remember seeing that on the big screen. That was probably 81 or two. Again, this is when Mike, you can see he's kind of getting bigger and like for him to, to, to uh to be in on a, all of us laughing at him i thought was like i i just will never 
ever not love my purpose for letting us for, for doing that for throwing that out there you know it's it's a one of the it's one of my all-time favorite surf movie moments i one thing we've we haven't really discussed but we should probably bring up is also the playgirl you know uh spread yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get do you up, want to Tyler. stick around for that or you want to go for <laughs> that one matt so, no, so again that this is the thing that I can't believe I did this two weeks ago, but uh, it was Mike Purpose and another California surfer named Angie Reno. And they basically got into a, like a Playgirl, a Playgirl Wars thing. Playgirl had just gone up. This is two years after. <laughs> I think, I gotta say, I think maybe we do need to put the, the video version of this with your hand <laughs> gestures, what the two wars looked like, man. <laughs> I had a, I had, I got a, I got a uh, I've got a woman who um, has been a big supporter of EOS named Pam Miller. She's probably, uh, she's probably about 70. She's so smart and she's so funny, really quiet, but just gears turning. And she's just got this deadpan, vicious sense of humor. And, uh, and I can't think of what the context exactly was, but you ever get a phrase sort of stuck in your head and you can't shake it because it's yeah. just funny. Like I, so she got she got in touch with me and she was somehow being disparaging of what she called the purpose pleasure pump. And like, <laughs> yes, I read that. <laughs> and I can't I can't get I can't get that out of my head. And I said to her, I go, Pam, the obvious way to go there would have been the purpose love pump from Spinal Tap, right? You know, yeah. love pump. But the Lick fact my love that the fact that you made it to the purpose pleasure pump and got all the, the alliteration to be that perfect. Was, but anyway, there's a second career for a yes. So all I wanted to say about that, it's, it's actually really so much easier for anyone. I did a whole timeline of how that went yeah. down. It was in 74. And it's like the rumor was that Mike was going to be imposing this brand new magazine called Playgirl. And then it was Mike writing into Surfer to talk about how the whole shoot went down and then i actually have mike's playgirl uh spread wang and fluffy fluffiness and all <laughs> and just the bright redness of the it's just i mean it is amazing it's a it's, it's something it's very 70s <laughs> and meanwhile while he while mike was doing it another guy named angie reno equally as hunky and everything was doing the same thing you know Playgirl was thinking, well, it's surfers. They're all good looking and tan. Let's get some of those guys. And anyway, the, what, the, my favorite part of the whole story was when Mike gets his photographer. I think Mike had um, Dan Merkel. <laughs> Mike had Dan Merkel and Angie had Steve Welkings. Yeah. And so uh, Playgirl has told Mike, hey, we need you to get some action pictures, you know, of you surfing you know, naked. I mean, you know. So Mike and, uh, and uh, Merkel go down to V-Land and Mike drops his trunks on the beach and paddles out naked. And as they get to the lineup, the first thing they see is Angie Reno out naked with his photographer. So it's just a full on nude you know, thing. And there's other other VLAN surfers are out there, like the local guys just sort of looking at the two of them and just like, and they got into a fight. Like the two of those guys literally like, what are you doing out here? What do you mean? What are you doing out here? And then the photographers are fighting and Mike and Angie are fighting and the someone loses their board and, and Angie's walking over the coral, like just flapping everywhere. And uh, why do I feel like that should be a Will Ferrell movie, like a yeah. surf movie with him and uh, you know, uh, one of his other favorite comedians and have them do that. Cause that I'm surprised that has not been 
surfing i have to say surfing right now like the comedy stuff and in the videos and everything is really lacking and it seems like it's prime for it and there i'm surprised there hasn't been more comedy around surfing okay but let me but speaking of comedy because i was I, I wanted to mention this so purpose puts up purpose's playgirl thing comes out angie's playgirl thing comes out and it's just the usual dumbass like you know just sort of like kind of like gay porn star poses and and some really <laughs> funny mustache yeah and the mustache and, and to its huge credit, uh, Surfing Magazine did a thing called the Ca the Comedy Annual. So, which kind of goes against what I was saying that there wasn't anything funny happening back then. But seventy four or five, Surfing Magazine does its Comedy Annual. They only ever did one, I think, and they mocked. They they did a, a sort of satire of Purpose's uh, Playgirl thing, including a, a centerfold of Mike nude without actual like there's just there's some there's some uh bush showing but not like you know they i don't think they couldn't do the and and people now think that the surfing magazine shot of perp it's nude the is the one from playgirl it was surfing magazine and they did it so well you know so surfing magazine got in on the joke and and the, and the last thing i wanted to say because this is the part that it was so touching when when mike was writing about it to me was he said angie got 300 bucks from playgirl for his shoot I got 400. So he just, he just sticks it into Angie because we're kind of friendly. You know? He stuck it into Angie. <laughs> yes, yeah, I said that. Yeah, was he paid proportionally? <laughs> All right, I'm going to let you guys play with that for a while. You'll let us Thank play you. with it. Amen. Thank you. Quickly, quick plug EOS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do donate if you can and subscribe. I, I was going to say that. Uh, the, the reason you should donate is because uh, I really am trying to like preserve all this stuff. If you could look around, I don't know if can anyone see all that. Oh, you can, we no can, can see, see it. my stuff anyway. But you know, we are we've 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 digitized one percent of what needs to be done and, and databased one percent. It, it's a huge project that needs to be done. Whenever I say that to people, support EOS because of that. I feel like it, I'm saying you know eat your vegetables. That's good for all of us. So subscribe to EOS because of the Sunday joint, because that is like chips and guacamole. And I will give that to you every week. The joint is the fun part. That'll get you to the rest of the site. And then if you, you know, the money that comes in allows me to begin to do all this work that is incredibly tedious and incredibly necessary as well. Well, thanks for doing the Lord's work. We appreciate it. <laughs> Gives us something to talk about. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Matt. Appreciate Bye, it. Guys. Bye. Bye. He's he's just gonna leave the computer on oh, and not even exit. <laughs> he's just gonna leave it on and we're gonna watch him. Yeah, put your shirt back on. You guys, hold on. Did you guys hear about that, the poor New Yorker writer who uh, thought the camera was off and just got fired from the New Yorker? Cause, yeah, Tubin. Tubin. Uh, Tubin. You you, you don't want to get Tubin done. No, here. I don't want to get Tubin. Okay, this is it for real. Right, bye, Matt. Bye. bye. <laughs> See you later, Matt. <laughs> See you later, Matt. <laughs> so I got a question for you. Yeah. Who are, who of some of the today's surfers would you compare to Mike Purpose? It's tricky. I'm trying to think like who is kind of poking fun at themselves, you know. Um, Jamie O'Brien, I think, could be that. Because he's kind of serious, but he can mm, poke fun at himself. Mm. He's quite outlandish. Uh, not tip. He's kind of surf industry adjacent in some ways. 
uh, because he makes more money as a YouTuber than, That's than true. actually yeah. as a professional yeah. surfer. Um, or wait, here, let me change this up. <laughs> which which of surf which of today's surfers could you see doing a spread in Playgirl? Uh, probably, I bet a lot of them would want to do it. Actually, <laughs> that's not too hard. Gabriel Medina for sure. Hey. Yeah, I mean, he does the Gillette commercial. He shaves down there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that the the thing about Mike Purpose is, you know, like when you see all the pictures and you hear some comments, you think, "Oh, who's this guy?" You know, who either thinks he's all that or doesn't get himself. But actually, when you read any sort of interview with him. He was really seemed really self-aware, mm-hmm. and really mostly talking about would talk about other people, you know, being above him. Like he actually seemed, yeah. And actually, I don't know if you read one of the interviews on the on the website. He said when he was younger, he was a real loud mouth, you know, like full of himself. And then everyone gave him such a hard time when he talking about when he was a teenager yeah. that he really humbled out, and he kind of got it it was like a real big change and actually like when you read him he was really yeah somebody who who wasn't so he didn't seem very full of himself and i i there was trying to find a quote i had where he's you know soul is great but it it doesn't pay the bills you know Mm. it was like that honest he was very pragmatic i would say he he was very pragmatic he wanted to make a living out of being a professional surfer that was his dream he had the dream before the aussies and the south africans you know he had that vision i would say pre pre free ride era era and and he was a template for that and you know you had to be somewhat outlandish and to get noticed to stick out from the rest of the crowd like matt even said when when these, then the surfers all went soul, he went the complete opposite because that's what would draw attention to him. Mm. And that outlandishness, you know, the big hat and the Raquel Welsh, you know, painted on his board. And then the board with the, his teenage girlfriend painted on the board with the surf, surfer mag or surfing mag with him on it, on the board, which was very meta. Um, you know, that was, he's, he's following, he was following ah. a script that, what? But uh, 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 Sterling Spencer. Oh, totally, absolutely. Uh, he also, would totally yeah, self-aware kind of guy. You know, that's the one. I think Sterling would could be t- could be argued he's today's Mike Purpose for sure. Yeah, and also you know? God. I mean, someone who's who's known for his antics, but actually, when you watch him surf, you're like, oh my God! Like, surf's amazing, stylish, smooth, and radical. Like, absolutely. Um, you know, I just think like, I don't know. I was watching this documentary on, on Takashi 69. You've heard of that, that, uh, hip hop artist and social media kind of star. And just, it was very interesting. He was all about just being as outrageous and outlandish as possible to get the attention because it's so crowded the field on social media Mm -hmm. and online that you have to take it up a notch. And, and at that time, you know, Mike, just had to, if he wanted to make a living doing surfing, that's what he had to do. He wasn't going to be Lopez. He wasn't going to be those guys. So he had to be his own thing. Uh, clickbait. Clickbait. Do. Yeah, before that. <laughs> absolutely. Fun fact. Did you know he dated Margot Gottfried as well? Seriously? Yeah. I was watching an interview. He was talking wow. about it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Now she, she, I, they also, I mean, that's, 
Yeah, I'd like to find out a lot more about her, actually. I've just watched a whole thing on her on uh, on the uh, the Surf Network. Oh, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. I was watching a whole Surfers Journal's biographies uh, video on women surfing. They did a whole thing on Margot, Margot Godfrey o- Oberg. And but that's, the, you know, like fascinating. They need to. I mean, you like the I always feel like the Surfers Journal profiles are the best profiles you, you get to read usually. And they need to. How come they don't have a, a Margot uh, Oberg biography? There should be something devoted, at least as long as Nat Young's. I think. Whoa! Nothing <laughs> is as long yeah, as no, Nat. <laughs> <laughs> I. By the way, I know Matt thought he wrote that that article was too long, but actually, I've read that article numerous do wanna, times. Do you want to tell our listeners what article you're talking about? Yeah. Well, Drew Campion in the '97, I think, in Surfer's Journal, wrote an epic. When I mean epic, epic, like, yeah. 35,000 words, it was, was it? Very, it was very long uh, profile and that young, super comprehensive. It was like a small book. In fact, Animal Steve, Tracks Pes- is Steve Pesman, that's right. Steve Pesman wrote in the back. He said, you got to approach this like it a, a book, you know, like put it down, you know, come back. To but I thought it was amazing. I didn't think they it needed to leave anything out. It was perfect. But yeah, no, I think Surfer's Journal should totally... I mean, surf media in general just needs to to give better better history historical account of of other other than white men in surfing. I think you know I would love to see more uh, women's surf history included and and other stuff for sure. And Margot Godfrey Oberg is you know seven time world champ basically, two comebacks. You know was competing basically until I think like ninety one or ninety three. Like World oh, Cup, gosh. I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, no, I she, was watching. She also it's right did. Around that. Uh, she's also someone who, who spanned, you know, from the sh- longboard era to the shortboard era, and yeah. she also. So you mentioned that she, she probably dated. made the best transition of anyone, by the way, if it could be argued. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And she, so you said she dated um, Mike she Purpose. Did. Yeah. And I mean, there was allusions to her also having something with Rolf Arnez and. I'm pretty sure in a video I saw there was a quick bit where Jerry Lopez kissed her, but that could be so <laughs> the reason I'm bringing this up because it leads me to what stump, stump my, my bro. bro. Oh, wow. I came prepared this time also. You did good. Yeah. Good. I've good. got two questions for you to make up for last one. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Would you want me to ask my just because it linked yeah. to what I was saying right there? Yeah, let's keep it, the connection. Um, I think it's probably best just to keep it to a, a single one, but it, you could earn extra points. Um, <laughs> but the main uh, the main thing is okay. So it, it, you 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 might get this right away. Um, I think it's one that you either know or you don't. But how it ties into Mike Purpose is so Mike Purpose. You know he's. One of the things he's famous for is obviously his hat. And the other thing he's famous for is posing nude for a playgirl. And the other thing he's famous for is having a, a life-size airbrush of Raquel Welsh on the bottom or top of his board. Yeah, on the bottom, I think. Oh, might have been in top. What's I don't the know. point in that? I never look at the I bottom. I know, you'd surfboard. want it on the top. Well, sorry. Maybe it was all the wax. All the wax. <laughs> Surfing naked at V-Land on the Raquel Welsh. I know. V-Land, good name. Um, <laughs> oh, God. So, which uh, is the question. 
which famous surfer dated Raquel Welsh? Ooh, I don't know this, but which take a guess, and then I'd love to give you some clues because it's kind of fun to learn. Take some a more. guess. Um, can I can I ask a few questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could give California you some surfer. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Malibu surfer. No. Okay. Mike Hinson. Ah, no, but it geographically maybe. on the money there, and that's a big clue. Oh, um, so what, what, where did, where, what, what other what, wind and sea surfer? Exactly. Uh, it'd be a wind and sea surfer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't imagine Skip Fry. He's way too wholesome <laughs> for that. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to give you a couple of clues just because okay. it's kind of fun to learn more. I mean, yeah, maybe don't shout it out. Let me give you a couple okay. clues first. Too. Cool. So, so like, um, one clue is, you know, uh, super top, like legendary shaper. Okay. Um, the other clue is that he's famous or maybe he's not famous, but it's well known that he was unfortunately cut out of the picture of the famous Phil Edwards drop knee cutback. He was in the frame doing also a drop Jeez. knee cutback, but Bruce Brown cut the picture. When I say fame, legendary shaper, it was like him and Dick Brewer, similar age. Um, oh, um, Dif Diffender? Yeah, Mike Diffender. Yeah. yeah. The Diff. Fucking legend. I like That was a good one. Thank like, you. I enjoyed I mean, that. Thanks for the help on that, too. Yeah, well, I thought it was like, I mean, Diff is, Diff is amazing. You know, like he's... Uh, you guns know, I, are bar none the best you know from what i've heard yeah and um yeah when i when i was on the north shore in 99 2000 it was towards the end of his life but he was such a cool guy he always hung out outside of starbucks with a few other people and you'd always go by and he would just look at you and give you a nod and like i remember there was like you know like young like you know teenage girls going hey diff and he'd be like what's going on you know it's just such a cool guy <laughs> Oh man. All right. I mean, I was uh, going to just, the other think, things I was going to add, the other thing I was going to, I was going to do like, what other, um, there was some, some other like surfers, famous surfers dating famous, um, you know, famous well, mainstream celebrities. What went, obviously Kelly, Kelly Slater, you can't stop. It's just like, the list I is mean, too Kaipo, long. Uh, was it Kaipo Guerrero and uh, Madonna? That's right. You yeah, know, see, how many can you name? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Slater had a few. Um, and then uh, I heard Pam Anderson got with a few other people like um, uh, John Rose also. Okay. He got, he got Slater's sloppy seconds. Oh, Tyler, this is a family uh, podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, here, I got two questions for you. Okay. okay. Um, what is the name of the surf bathing cap that Mike Purpose was promoting? It's a really random one. I know, I but know. it was I'm, all part of it. You know, no, you no idea, no idea. Aqualid. Do you Aqualid. remember these? He had lycra caps 
that were supposed to protect your eyes and keep your hair no no not messy and keep it nice and clean and straight. Oh, see, I thought he had an injury. Like when you see that picture of him wearing it, no, I thought he, he was promoting Aqualid surf caps. <laughs> Where I could did Gary Green sing a song about that? One? No, but he'd had his song was in the search down in Jamaica is a rubber tree selling rubber johnnies twos and threes. Some for the nickel, some for a buck. All depend on the size of your knob. Anyway, uh, question two. This is a good okay. one. You might know this one. Now, what is this is for the Encyclopedia of Surfing um, fundraiser. Uh, what is Matt's drink of choice that he shakes up at 5.58 p.m. while his missus sets up the Scrabble board, then raises in toast at 6 p.m.? Manhattan, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Ding, ding. You got that right. It's from Manhattan Beach. It's from Manhattan Beach, exactly. So um, I, I thought I had a you know good stump my bro on this one here, right? Uh, a little better showing than last time. <laughs> I don't, I, I, okay. There we go. <laughs> you know, we, we, what, we, what we need to do, so like if we're going to have people write in and give us corrections, you know, like yeah. maybe stump the bros, you know, like... Oh. Oh, so listeners, if you want to stump us or if you want to send us questions that we can try to stump each other with. That might be better because if yeah. we know about it, we might cheat and do some research and stuff like that. I think that would be really fun. So if you want to do that, you could DM us uh, at the Sunday joint on Instagram. Or if you want, you can write right in through the contact on the website for Surf Splendor. Um, one thing we, we didn't. You know, we kind of gloss over with with purpose, but like again, like you know, this guy, uh, you know, the hip surgery, and to see him surfing, there's like a ton of YouTube videos of him surfing now, like in Japan, and holy crap! Like I hope I'm surfing that good at that age, and that's like mm. that to me is like there's a thing here, you know, where he kind of fell off the radar just bartending and writing and then judging, you know, amateur contests. And that's how he was just getting by and then wasn't able to surf. And he, you know, someone who identifies himself so much as surfer, as a surfer, that's really heartbreaking and hard to, to do. I can imagine like having it taken away from you because of the physical ailment and to see it come back is kind of a redemptive story. And also a story of people doing good things like, you know, Bing surfboards and Jacobs and body glove all donated uh, for raffles and stuff to help pay for his um, his operation, actually. Mm. So I thought that was really nice. So I just wanted to end that on a nice note that, you know, purpose is at, at back ripping and you could probably find him surfing. The yeah, he's in his 70s. He's he's what uh, like Joel Tudor and Herbie Fletcher would call red belt. You know, like those lifelong karate masters. Totally, totally, totally. And so uh, when... Oh, when speaking I, of... Ah, that's a yeah. question. Oh. what What's Red Mountain? He said in in answering one question, <laughs> in a questionnaire, like the early 70s, they said, you know, what... Uh, is there something about like, you know, like uh, what feeling do you oh, get? Going right. What, what other experience parallels surfing? Riding my Makaha skateboard while sauced on a gallon of Red Mountain. Sounds yes. like the 60s version of Carlo and Rossi, maybe. Okay, all right. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that little questionnaire. Can, I'm just going to finish on this one here. Yeah, he was great. Uh, 
What do you hope to get out of your surfing experience? I hope to get a Rolls Royce Silver Cloud and five naked lady companions. <laughs> like, oh my God. That is just <laughs> hilarious. And God bless him. He knows what he wants, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, I mean, there was so much other stuff actually I had, like, but this is. I think we're going to have to call it a great show. That was really fun. And Matt just helped bring a lot of context. And for all of our listeners, again, try to subscribe to the EOS. Or if you want to be a little bit more generous and donate a little extra, you can. Or like we said, it makes a wonderful gift for someone. You know, get 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 that special surfer in, in your life a subscription to the EOS. It's just 30 bucks. It's a great stocking stuffer. I bet Matt would even personally write something for it. So, without your promising, I know, right? <laughs> well, um, that is the Sunday Joint, uh, distributed by Surf Splendor Podcast and a Surf Adjacent Podcast in the US. James, thanks for joining me and hey. being on and having a good time. And we'll catch you next time. All right. Yeah. Sexy. Uh, I totally think. You want my body and-